Hello to all of my Metropolitan Culture Corner viewers. How are you? Welcome back. And I just have to say, you guys are the best. You come back month after month to learn about the amazing people that form a part of our lovely cities and the world's creative community. Because where would we be without the people that make the arts that inspires us both in high times and low times? You know, speaking of inspiration, this month I interview film composer and music supervisor Tony Meir. Tony has played music all his life and he eventually turned his passion into his career at the ripe old age of 19. He has written sound tracks for award-winning shorts and films such as Faust 5.0, Green Card Warriors, Las Dos Vidas de Andres Rabadán, The Man Who Wanted to See It All, The New York Showcase, El Ciudadano Ilustre, and most recently he was nominated for a 2020 Goya Award for Best Original Song. The Goyas is kind of like Spanish Academy Awards. In 2004, he founded Trafalgar 13 Music House, which is an independent composition and music supervision studio in Barcelona. It creates music for commercials for, you know, small up-and-coming brands like BMW, IKEA, Coca-Cola, Estrella Dam, El Corte Inglés, Seagrams, and many others. Film compositions, songwriting for a film, writing music for commercials, music supervision, the balance between all of these things is what provides us with the soundtracks of our lives, or at least for the soundtrack of anything that we've ever seen on a big or small screen. But none of this music existed until somebody like Tony sat down in his or her studio and put the seed of an idea down on paper or on their keyboard and let it grow. What would all of those images be, all those films, all those commercials, all those series be without the sad music and the sweet music and the scary music and the triumphant music to help guide us emotionally through our visual experience? So Tony is a master of all of these things and he is here to explain to us how he does it. I like to start from the beginning. Forget what I did in the last thing and start again and look for different things, look for different sounds and try to do something different. Some musicians, some composers, they have like uh, templates and they use these templates with the sounds that they like and stuff. But I prefer to forget these things and look for different sounds in every movie because I think every movie is just unique. So I have to find this unique sound for each one. No? Hola, Tony. Hello, how are you? Good, how are you? Fine, thank you. So, you started playing piano at six years old. Um, did you ask for lessons or did your parents want you to start playing music? In my house, my mother used to have a piano because she studied piano. And I used to play a lot, a lot, a lot. I didn't know how to do it. I was like playing and trying things and stuff. And then my parents told me, maybe you should take some classes. And I said, okay. They took me to the Liceu and I made some classes there and exams and started like this. Is piano still the instrument you use to compose or do you use all kinds of Well, then when I was a teenager, I tried to learn guitar, bass guitar and many things. I used to play the trumpet, but my instruments are piano and guitars and also bass guitar sometimes. Before you started composing for film, for commercial, did you have a band or did you always know you wanted to work in film and in soundtrack? Well, when I was in school, I had different bands. And then when I was 19, I entered a studio where they made commercials and music for audiovisual. And that's how I started. And then what was the process? Did you go to school to study composition or you were just well, so good that it worked out? <laughs> no, I studied in different places with different teachers. And then I started to work in this studio uh, when I was 19. And then I learned a lot doing things and working on real projects. I consider myself autodidacta, you know, self-taught. You started out working in the studio as a 19 year old and then now flash forward to 2020, 2021. And you were nominated for a Goya 
Korea Award. So that's that's a huge trajectory. So how has the business changed and how has your creative approach changed from your very first ever project at 19 until now? When I started, I didn't know if I wanted to do something for cinema. I just knew that I loved music and I wanted to do something related with music. But then I had the opportunity to start in this studio and I found out this, this world of cinema and advertising and audiovisual and how to put emotions with music into this and be part of the narrative. So what's the difference between writing a song for yourself and writing a song that you know is supposed to be part of a narrative in a movie. You have to think about the story, you have to talk with the director and you have to understand the story and what what we want to transmit and what's the role of the music in this movie, for example. The music is just a tool for explaining something. It's like an actor. You are another actor. You have to explain things that maybe the image couldn't explain because for example, you are seeing a guy in a movie and with the music, you can explain what's the past of this guy or what's going to happen to this guy. And this is the, the role of the music, help to understand the story and to explain things that just with the image wouldn't be so clear. What's the pre-production process like when you're doing either a film or a series or a commercial? Do you watch the images first, make suggestions to the director, or does he give you a direction? How do you begin? It depends on the project. For me, every project is different and I have to start from the beginning. And first of all, you have to understand the story. And then sometimes they give you the, the cut and sometimes you don't have nothing because they still have to shoot the movie. And sometimes you talk with the director and the director has a very clear idea of what he wants. And sometimes he's open to you and he says, do what you think and you have to propose to him things and ideas. And sometimes I make like a demo, a mock-up. We listen it to the mock-up together and we say, well, okay. And when you have the cut, then you can be more specific. It depends on the project. For commercials, for example, it's a similar project, but you have less time. It's you have to explain everything in 20 seconds sometimes. Sometimes it's difficult. In other words, the amount of control you have and in a creative sense really depends on the individual way of working with each director. And sometimes you have 10 music, you know? The 10 music is when they have the cut and they put some music from other things and other movies just to edit. And then they are used to these cues and they want something like that. Then you cannot explain whatever you would like to do. I think that for creativity is not the best thing because I think in every movie you have to find the particular mood of the movie, the sound of this movie. And if they want just like something like that, it's very difficult to find this personality. Your studio, Trafalgar 13, or sometimes known as Trafalgar 13, also does music supervision. What exactly does a music supervisor do? We do different things. For example, we help to find songs and we propose songs for the movie or for the commercial. And also we make the negotiation with the publishing companies or with the authors and to buy these rights. Do you have a database of songs that you already have at your fingertips or do you go out and look for them? We have our database about the publishing companies, but the songs, we are open to everything. As a composer, you already have maybe your own artistic tools at your fingertips to try to make the best music you can for the project. But as a music supervisor, how do you know what songs will work in the context of the project? Sometimes they have a very clear idea of what they want, but sometimes they ask for different ideas. For example, in La Inocencia, I wrote the main theme, but the movie happened in a small town in Valencia. And 
In Valencia, there is a very famous thing that is the Bacalao music and La Ruta del Bacalao that was very famous in the 90s. And they wanted something like that because it happens in a lot of clubs and bars. We had to find music to situate the, the movie in this in this 90s and this kind of thing. We have a department who makes that. Usually I speak with the director in the same way as if I was the composer and he explain us what they want. And then I talk with my, my team and they look for different references that then we make a meeting and we say, okay, this one is good, this one no. And we, we make a selection of the best tracks that we think that will work in the movie. But it's a very similar thing as if I was a composer because you have to explain things also with this. Sometimes it helps if in, in a movie you have a famous song especially in the middle or something like that, because it makes like a break in the movie and then you continue with the movie. Right? Which do you prefer? Do you prefer composing or music supervision? I'm a composer, but we have this service also because, especially in commercials, they want sometimes things very quick. And for example, a brand wants to, to buy a song from Beatles and you have to not just look for the music, also you have to make the contracts. I give my opinion, but it's not my, my specific area. I'm a composer. Well, what made you decide to open the studio in the first place rather than and simply composing at home and renting a recording studio for sessions. I started by my own, just me. But I found that it was very difficult because sometimes I work at home, but then I need to record something with someone and I had to hire a studio. And then I started to get a lot of clients and they called me at the same time and it was like very busy. So I thought, well, I can now open a studio and get my production department and get my everything. I manage the whole thing and I, I can be more focused on composing different people to help me. You make it sound so easy. A lot of musicians I know are like, I'm a composer, I'm a musician, I don't do the business, but you're like, well, I thought I'd open a big studio because that way it's more productive. The business side of things and the creative side of things for you are not separate things. They're kind of all to go together. This helps to be more creative and to be more focused on my thing, because if I was just me, I have to do everything. For you, what is a typical day? You walk into Trafalgar 13 and you start your day. How does a session work if you've just been pitched a project and now you've got to start creating the backing track for a commercial, for a film or for a series? It's very different. We don't have just a formula, no? Also, after the, the pandemic, after the COVID, it's different too, because now I work sometimes at home, I compose at home, and then I go to the studio and we produce the music on the other people because we have their composers, arrangers, orchestrators, sound designers, we have everything at the studio. But usually we receive a call that they want us to make a music, for example, for a commercial, and then I talk with the client and I get the brief. We make a meeting and we say, how are we going to do this? And with my team, we talk about things and then we decide one way and then we talk with the client, we could do something like that. And sometimes, for example, I start the projects at home and then when I have the idea clear, I go to the studio and we finish the thing and we hire musicians if we need it or singers or whatever you need. We mix and then we deliver the song and if they like it, brilliant if they don't well we start to make changes and with the movies are similar because it's a long process it's different in this way but sometimes the director is talking to you with a lot of time because they are still thinking about the movie and with the idea then i read the screenplay then we, we talk again then we make a demo then they go to shoot then they have the first cut we put some cues there and they want some changes and we start to feel the spaces of the, of the movie and, and to find the personality, no? You mentioned too that you have all these different people on your team, other composers, all these individuals that help. 
with the process, no? So how many people are a part of your studio and how do they all kind of form a part of the process? Well, it depends on the project because we are very flexible. Sometimes we need more people, sometimes less. And sometimes some projects, I just supervise the thing and I have a composer that creates the song and then I supervise and then I give my opinion and we change things and then we deliver the song. I just finished a very nice documentary that is going to be released in probably in the summer or after the summer. And we recorded with orchestra, and so we had to make all the orchestration, and we didn't have a lot of time to do that. So I had my own orchestrator, but then we have another one that was in LA, and during the day when he was sleeping, we were working on the project, and we send the things at night, and then he wake up and start to work these things, and then he send back the things, and we work like this. So it depends on the project. On the 2013 website, it says, I'm going to read this, okay? It says, we are constantly trying out new things because the mysterious is the source of all true art. You sometimes have to make mistakes in order to find something better, something new, something surprising. So how does that philosophy affect how you work and how your people work? I think that this is the key of the thing because we are always looking for this unperfectable thing, you know? For example, they ask us to make a, a rock and roll, but we said, okay, but let's try to find something different in this rock and roll because rock and roll is always the same. So we, we start to explore these things and trying things and sometimes we make mistakes and these mistakes are amazing. And we said, we didn't want to find this, but now I think this is better than what we were looking for. Sometimes we don't have the time that we would like to have, but if we could, we make always this process and we try different things and we make mistakes and we use these mistakes to create different things. What is your favorite part about what you do, of composing or of everything that you do? The premiere, no. <laughs> well, sometimes when they call you, is one of the best moments. Then you have the fear of, I, I could do this or not, I will be good enough or... And then you start doing things. And there is a moment in this process that you feel like I'm enjoying a lot. For me, this is the best moment. Before to show the cue, before this part, because then if they like it, it's very good. But if not, it's, it's not a good thing. But before that, you have this moment that you are creating, you are in a agnostic thing. And this is like the ecstasy when I'm doing that. Because you're just in your world creating and that's yeah. the pure creativity part. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting what you said. Sometimes when particular directors or particular companies call you, you think, oh my God, I wonder if I can do this. After all these years, you still think this. Yeah, 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 always. Yeah. What advice would you give somebody who says, that just sounds so amazing. I'm a composer and I want to compose for film. Where should they start? What should they do? There are many different ways to achieve these things. You can go to one academy, study in Berkeley or whatever. What I've been seeing is that the most important thing is what you have inside, not what you're going to be taught. Because I have a lot of people that call us and they always make the same because they go out from school and they told them that you have to do the things like that and everybody do the same. So I think that you have to find your own personality and your own sound and your unique thing. And for me, this is most important than the technique of create the soundtrack or whatever. Like you said, a lot of music schools teach people to do things one way only. In your experience in the business now, today, even in 2021 with all the technology, would you say that's still the most important thing, is having your own creative voice? Yeah. You started your studio back in 2004, and you'd already been working as a composer. So how have the changes in technology over the years helped what you do, affected your process? Yeah, when I started, I remember that we were with a tape. You have to cut, and you have to rewind, and everything. 
And then suddenly appears the Pro Tools and this kind of software computers. It opened a new thing in the industry. We are used to it, but if you think how it was, it's amazing how it changed. And how easy now is to make things that maybe you have to spend like two weeks to do. And now you can do it in 30 minutes. Sometimes you lose this thing that we said before about the mistakes, no? And this sound with the tape, but well, technology helps a lot. It depends how you use because there are also bad things in the technology because a lot of people want to save money and they make the orchestra with uh, samples and, and these things, no? Do you have any projects that you're working on now or that are coming up that you could tell us about or are you not allowed to talk about them or what? I would like to talk about one, the documentary that I told you, but they don't want me to, but it's very interesting thing. And also I think that will be very popular in the States because it's about one character very famous in the United States. Thank you so much, Tony. And we hope that all your many projects continue to have a ton of success. And I'm looking forward to seeing this documentary whenever it is that we can finally announce the name of it. Muchas gracias, Tony. Yeah. Gracias cuando esté. See, last month you guys found out what a casting director does. And this month you learned what a music supervisor is as well as how one composes for film and TV. Cool, right? It takes so many creative minds to make the audiovisual material that entertains us, that instructs us, that permeates our environment and which we usually take for granted. So for me, it's just fantastic to hear the perspective of somebody like Tony who sat there in his studio and from his brain was born the music that basically forms the soundtracks of our lives. So please give a round of applause for Mr. Tony Mir, founder of Trafalgar 13 Studio here in Barcelona. Tune into the Metropolitan Culture Corner next month to, well, you know, learn more cool stuff. Thank you.